are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. Okay, if you are like me, you are not in one single place when you're providing therapy. You are here, there, and everywhere. So perhaps you're providing therapy from a therapy room, in a classroom, in, in teletherapy, in a home environment. So the question is, with you being in all of these different places and through all of these different delivery service models, how can you stay present? How can you stay present in which you're giving all of your time, all of your energy, all of your focus to the child on a moment-to-moment -moment basis? Because that's what makes therapy effective, the dynamic nature of it, that back-and-forth interaction in which you are responding to what the child is giving you on a moment-to-moment -moment basis to challenge and support them at an 80% accuracy level. So in order to ensure that's happening, you need to be 100% present. And that means when it comes to the activity, you want to be one and done and use the same activity across all of these settings, just making mon minor modifications so that they can work. So what I'm going to do is give you an example of an activity that I'm doing this week and how I can make it work across all of these different settings. Keep the activity the same. The activity is based on the theme this week. So it's supporting what the child is learning in the classroom with the other therapist, what the child is learning at home because of the home practice I sent the parent. So the child is not coming to you as a blank slate. The child is coming to you as an active learner that has a lot to provide to the learning situation so that the child can take on the role as teacher, which is so important for developing an internal locus of control. So as I've told you before, I'm very big on theme-based learning because it has so much to offer for children in terms of diversity and in terms of providing a meaningful learning experience in which the child has a lot of prior knowledge and experiences so the child is able to take on the lead in the learning experiences. They're not coming to you as a blank slate.
So suppose this week the theme is shapes. And what I want to do is have a shape hunt activity. So what I always like to do is start with a checklist. And what the checklist provides is it provides print referencing, which the research indicates is perhaps the single best way in teaching children to read. It also provides multimodal learning in which the children get the print and the pictures are provided as well to better comprehend the topic. And lastly, providing the print is very important because many of my children with autism spectrum disorder have strong visual skills. So many of them learn to talk by learning to read first. And they don't learn the words by hearing them so much, but they learn the words by reading them. So I always like to provide the printed word no matter what the situation is. So I have a checklist that I develop. I develop two every week. And today I have a checklist of shapes. So on the left column, I will have all of the shapes listed down the column. And down the rows, I'll have example of pictures that are that shape. What am I going to do with this checklist? Well, I always like to work with objects whenever possible. And that's because the research indicates that children understand objects the most. Second to objects, they understand animated pictures of things. Third to that would be the real pictures of things, real photos. And fourth would be like clip art, where you have pictures that kind of symbolize what they are, but they're not exactly. So I always like to use the real thing whenever possible because I want to make sure that the children are comprehending it through a three-dimensional mean. When it's three-dimensional, when it's real objects, you're engaging all of the senses. So I have my checklist that I'm going to use regardless of where I'm doing therapy, but I also like to have a little bin of objects and toys that are on the checklist. So if I can't have that, I'll use pictures instead. But like I said, nothing beats the real thing because when you have an object, you're engaging all of the senses. And multimodal, multi-sensory learning is more powerful than just using a picture in which only the visual means are used. You're using one sense or all senses. We always want to go for all senses if possible. So here I have the toys. So I have my little Rubbermaid container of the toys I'm gonna to use, and I have my checklist. I can take this anywhere, okay? So let's start with real therapy. I always like to use movement activities because when children move, the brain grooves. Movement creates groove, grooves in the brain. And the more movement you can incorporate into the learning, the quicker the gains are going to be, whatever the topic is, the research indicates. So in my movement activities, I'll take out a trampoline, for instance, and I will have the children throw the objects into different shape boxes. So I'm developing that fundamental skill of throwing, which is a gatekeeping skill for children that enables them to play with their peers in games. So throwing is a really important skill to develop. So they'll be jumping on the trampoline, they're gonna visually scan, and they're going to look, for instance, at their apple and see what shape does the apple look like. And they're gonna see a circle and then they'll throw the apple in the circle box. So that'll be the movement activity I do within the therapy session. 
So if I'm into a classroom and sounded setting, I can bring my little Rubbermaid container with me. And the neat thing is, is the teacher in the classroom, because we universally share the themes, is going to be working on shapes as well. It's nice if I bring in my own Rubbermaid container, because that gives more exemplars or more examples of the shapes than what they've seen the week with the teacher. So that's great. Diversity is the key to neuronal development. New equals neuronal development. So you always want to provide new experiences whenever possible. So I'll bring in my shape box, for instance, and suppose the teacher is like, okay, can you work in this little station over here? That's great. I could totally do that. What I could do is I could describe the object that I'm going to pull out of the box. So if the, if the object, for instance, is the red apple, I could say, okay, I have a red fruit and it's round and it has seeds inside and it rhymes with babble. What do you think that is? And they could pull out the apple and then they could chart their data and compare and contrast which shape the apple looks like and use their chart here. So there I changed that to a seated activity within the classroom. You could also use that as a seated activity, of course, within your therapy room. Now, suppose I'm doing a large group activity, which is another thing I do. Now, I find when I'm doing a large group activity and I have a group of, of 10 three-year-olds, for instance, sitting around, it's nice to have their hands busy. Idle hands are the hands of the devil, <laughs> I find. So I like to go ahead and have each of the children guess what the object is and pull it out of the feely box from my Rubbermaid container, and they get to hold on to the object. Then after that, we can do songs with the object. For instance, if it is an apple, I can make it into a song, ready? So I can say, okay, where I can make a clue out of it, right? And I can make it into a song. So I'm just making this up off of my the top of my head. I'm gonna do it to row, row, row your boat, okay? Where, 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 where could be a circle? I'm looking for something that is nice and round. And we're gonna look around and we can make it with it. We can look at everyone's object and what is something that's nice and round? Someone could hold up a an apple, someone could hold up a donut. Ding, 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 apple or then, and then we'll go to the next one. Where, 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 oh, where, where, oh, where can you see? I'm looking for something with three sides like a triangle. And then we can look around for a triangle and make it into the song. So I have the children dance with me and they make a triangle with their body or they make a circle with their body or they make a square with their hands when they look around. So once again, they're learning not only through their mind, but they're learning for their heart because we need to find, we have a mission, we need to find the triangle, and they're using their bodies as well. So now let's go on to another setting and let's go into teletherapy. So it's obvious that the parent does not have my box of Rubbermaid containers, but I can email my checklist to the parent and the parent could have the checklist. Now, if the parent can't print out the checklist, I can have the checklist up on the screen. That's the other half of the screen as a PDF. 
And then I can have in my feeling box something for the child to guess. And they can look at the checklist and point to it on the screen to their parents. Now to make it movement and to involve the body as well, I can say, okay, so you guessed that this was an apple. Can you find a circle somewhere in your house? I'm going to set my timer for 30 seconds. Are you ready, set, run? And they can run off and find a circle and come back and they can show me what they found and they could even give me clues and be the teacher too. And then they can bring it up to the screen and show me as I guess some things for them. So that is a way I'm taking the very same activity and I'm doing teletherapy with it. Now let's talk about home intervention. Now I know the latest and best practice in home intervention is don't bring toys to the child's home, use whatever's in the child's environment. Now that said, I do think it's helpful to give the parent the checklist, the search hunt checklist. And what they can do with the checklist is you can say, okay, I we get an apple. Oh, that's that's a that's a good example of something that's a circle, and so is a pie. Now we get to find something else that's round in our house. And then they get to take their checklist and find something round in their house and they can draw a picture of it. They can put it on the circle to see if it's round and check it out. And they can draw a picture of it and draw it on their chart as well. So this is a way, I think it is helpful to give something to parents that is a little bit pre-planned because parents are very, very busy. And 90% of homes are double income. And it is important to get through the routine and to incorporate and anchor activities into their routine. So you might say this week, maybe what we wanna do is we wanna talk about different shapes of things and, and the breakfast table that we find. So maybe for breakfast, we're gonna look at different shapes that we see when we have breakfast and point them out and identify them as part of the routine. But it is nice to give an effort in which the child has, as we said in the classroom, in which the child has this multimodal print referencing, has the words, has the pictures, has the exposure to columns and rows, which is really good for a prevention of dyscalculia in scientific and mathematical um, preparation. This is really good for their activity and their visual spatial skills. So it's nice to give them that extra um, support in providing learning for their child. So here what we have is I've showed you how I, take, I took one activity and I used it in all of these different delivery service models, the exact same activity, the exact same materials. For me to put this activity together and these materials together, I do them every Friday after school and I spend an hour creating two checklists and getting all of the materials ready. Then we're one and done. That time is over and the rest of my time I dedicate to the children and being 100% present for the children I service and having each child work on what they need to work on individually, whether it's a speech goal, language goal, an augmentative communication goal, a narrative literacy goal, I'm going to focus on that, the activities done. 
that's all set up. The materials are all done. And I'm going to focus on the interaction, the moment-to-moment interaction in which I empower the child and I let the child and I tell let the child know that the child is the teacher, that the child's in charge of the learning experience, that the child is successful at an 80% challenge point at all times, because there's a dance in which I'm providing support and removing support for that child to make sure that change is happening because challenge creates change. So this is how, even though we're here and we're there and we're everywhere, we can be 100% present because the magic is going to happen in those moment to moment interactions with each individual child in which we are giving our attention to the child at 100% of the time, not worrying about the activity, not worrying about the strategies. Those are gonna stay the same. The activity is always going to be what you set up for that week for that theme. You are going to make modifications depending on the individual child. You're going to make minor modifications depending on the setting, but your energy and your effort effort is all about that child and individualizing to that child's individual needs at that individual time. So I hope that this is helpful to you. It's time to roll up our sleeves and go make the world a better place, one child at a time. Now, as a final note, I have a workshop this Sunday, May 15th, that I'm so excited about. I hope you're going to be there. And what I'm going to talk about in this workshop is something of this nature in which we can take something and take an activity that we can use in teletherapy, that we can use in the real world, and how we can provide best practice across all settings. It's called Keeping It Real in the Digital World. So it's not only about how we can do teletherapy in a best practice manner, it's also how we can do real in-person therapy in a best practice manner. And part of that is using technology, but it's not using high technology with all of the videos and all of the stimulation in the brainstem. We don't have to do things on the cheap. No, it's about using intelligent intelligent use of technology in which we use what the web has to offer and we share it with children in a very low-tech manner in which we're able to do higher level thinking, higher level tasks in a meaningful manner with the world at our fingertips to use in terms of materials. So it is going to be an awesome workshop. I do lots of trainings for many organizations, but this training is gonna be extremely special. I'm aiming for the fences in which all I'm gonna do is cover 100% actionable items. This is what you can do tomorrow in therapy to make sure that you can provide best practice across settings to all children. I'm so excited for this workshop and I'm gonna tell you, This is something you're not going to want to miss. It's going to be crazy good, covered in wonderful dust and awesome sauce. I am going and aiming for the fences on this, and I hope you're going to be there. You won't be disappointed.